And welcome in to another edition of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Thanks so much for tuning in once again here in the, in the dog days of summer. Except for here in Northwest Missouri, really hasn't been lately. It's been, we kind of had a wet July. It's very strange. I'm not complaining. The only thing I am complaining about, I've had to mow my yard a lot more often than is typical <laughs> this time of year. So, uh, but hey, every everything's kind of nice and green. No complaints in that area. Uh, MIAA Media Days coming up next week. So I'm definitely excited about that. I'll, of course, be having coverage from that. You'll get a podcast later in the day on the 25th. And uh, maybe something else special. I'll save that for the end of this podcast. But I'm I, you're going to love this one. I tell you what, Adam Long, 2004 MIAA Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, we just had him for a couple of years at Northwest. He was a good one. I mean, man, we've had, you know, just like the the round table talking defense, talking linebackers, <laughs> you know, man, you look at those lists. Uh, boy, defensive line, even the secondary linebackers had some good ones. And man, those four linebackers, I'm telling you, they, that was that was a good bunch. That was maybe individually not the most talented guys we've had. But um, Chad Bostwick, Troy Tisdall. Adam Long together. I mean, one of the, of course, they had, you know, Dave Tollefson, Steve Williams in front of them. But, uh, you know, th- that helped, right? There's a pretty good defensive line in front of those guys. But uh, they, they played as well together as any group of linebackers that we've had. And I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that opinion. Um, I am also a big fan of, of John Edmonds from 03. But, uh, Anyway, I digress. Let's get to it. All right, we'll take a quick time out. My chat with Adam Long. That's right after this here on Bleeding Green. Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. Welcome in here on Bleeding Green, and my guest this week is the former MIAA Defensive Player of the Year back in 2004, number 11 linebacker, Adam Long. And uh, Adam, man, thanks so much for taking some time and and coming on Bleeding Green here with me. I truly appreciate it. Like I said, you know, Bearcat football is the only football I like. Well, perfect. Well, we got a lot of good, we got, you know, there's never a, a... lack of great memories or great games or anything else to talk about. So, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, that's always good. Well, well, let's just start uh, like I like to at the beginning from, from Bennington, Nebraska, which is North of Omaha. Yep. Is that yep. right? So tell me about kind of growing up your family, your childhood. What was, what was that like? Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up actually, I started, we started off in Omaha, um, Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, my parents kind of wanted us to get to a smaller area, so we ended up moving to Bennington, which, you know, now if you go into Omaha, it's been kind of engulfed. Uh, Bennington's been engulfed by Omaha. You know, it's just you, there's no separation anymore. It used to be just all cornfields and family farms, and now it's just suburbia. So it's really grown. But when I was there, you know, I graduated with 50 kids. Um, you know, growing up, I had an older brother, and, uh, you know, I was actually – my dad will laugh at this, but like I was the wimpy kid, you know what I mean? I was more of a wimpy kid, you know, growing up and, you know, my brother was just 
hard as nails on me, like all the time. He was the tough kid. You know, he was always the one that was tougher. Um, and he just literally beat the hell out of me our whole childhood. You know what I mean? So he was really tough on me and really tried to kind of mold me. I don't know if my dad was trying to get him to do that for me or what, but I really appreciate it now looking back. You know, we didn't get along very good, but now I kind of appreciate some of that stuff we did. Um, you know, we we actually started playing football and I look back at it now that my son is getting into youth sports and things like that. We started organized football when I was seven years old. This is full pads, organized football when I was seven years oh, wow. old. And everybody listening, I know, knows, knows the Boswicks. You know, we started at Little Vikes um, Youth League, which was down in North Omaha, which was right by an OPD, uh, OPPD plant. And I, I want to say um, that Bob Boswick, Chad, and, and Scott's old man kind of started that organization. Don't quote me on that, but I know, you know, when I met Chad years later, we talked about how we probably played on the same team. We probably played against each other, but that's kind of where we started. And we, we, we joke and laugh and kind of were very um, just curious how those coaches got seven and eight year olds to get organized in a formation and run plays. You know what I mean? It's probably not good for my brain, you know, looking back at it, getting banged in the head all the way since I was seven. But, you know, we started football right away. Uh, when we moved to Bennington, we went more to a different organization and continued just to play little league football. That was our, our definitely our, our main sport. We loved football. We wrestled, um, played a little basketball, um, but that was kind of it. And then, you know, moving into middle school and, and, and high school, Bennington, like I said, it was a very small town when I went to school there. Um, so there was plenty of opportunities to play lots of sports. You know, my parents kind of wanted that more small town atmosphere and we definitely got it there. We were able to, you know, play and, and be very competitive at an early age, um, which was nice. You know, I, I started every game varsity uh of, of my career when i was in high school so that was a lot of fun to be able to do that obviously now it's very hard to do that some of these schools got 600 700 kids in the graduating class but with 50 it made it a little bit easier so you know we grew up you know playing football and you know when when we got to high school we already kind of had that foundation so we knew how to hit you know what i mean that was one big thing that we we were taught at a young age again probably not good for my brain um but we we learned how to hit at an early early age so that kind of gave us a foundation to be kind of successful in sports um, in high school, especially with football. Like I said, I, I kind of had the misconception and looking back, I really wish I would have applied myself more to those sports because, again, being in a small school, I could have took advantage of being a better wrestler or basketball player, you know, being a better uh, track athlete. But back then I was just thinking, you know, football was it. Football was the only sport I liked, the only sport that I was passionate about. And that's kind of where I put all my focus at was football. What positions did you play? Was it always linebacker? I mean, I'm guessing you probably played a small school. You're, you're yeah. out there most of the time. It was both ways. You know, my, I think it was either my junior year. I think it was, maybe it was my sophomore year. My sophomore year, the coach put in the double wing offense. So I was a fullback that was, you know, two feet behind the, the quarterback. And I got the ball probably 20, 25 times a game. So I was definitely more of a running back more so than anything. I played linebacker as well, but obviously, especially being a dumb high school kid, I was more worried about getting the touches and scoring touchdowns and things like that. So running back was definitely more something I was passionate about for sure. Well, do you have any favorite like games or, or moments from games as you look back on your high school career? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my teammates uh, from Northwest would make fun of me because when they'd come to my house, they, I had this article that we were playing Boys Town, which was uh, they were in our conference in the playoffs. 
And uh, I scored five touchdowns in a game. So Dave Tolson would always give me crap about being better than Al Bundy because I scored five <laughs> touchdowns. But it's funny, you know, when you look at that article in the World Herald, it says, you know, long, long scores, five touchdowns. And then when you start reading it, you realize like it was a run of one yard, two yards, four yards, three yards. And that was my touchdowns. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just because I was a bigger guy. And then when we got to the goal line, my brother would always give me crap because we were actually in the same uh, backfield. He was two years older than me. So when I was a sophomore, we were in the same backfield and he would do all the work getting us down to the two yard line. And then I'd get the touchdown. So that was kind of, kind of fun to do that. Hey, touchdowns, a touchdown. Absolutely. That's what I told him. I told him, thanks for getting me the yards. I'll, I'll, I'll get the, all the glory with the touchdowns. Was, was there a point in your high school career that, that, I mean, I ever, everybody wants to, you know, play in the NFL, not only that, but obviously playing college. Was there, was there like a moment that you realized were you a sophomore, a junior, where you realized, Hey, I, college football is, is something that can happen for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of the, the plan in my head from the get go, you know what I mean? But again, I just had such a false sense of reality. You know what I mean? I remember even my senior year just waiting around. I'm like, okay, well, you know, letters are going to start coming at some point, you know what I mean? And we get called to the office, you know, if we had some mail and it would be, you know, a letter to this camp, a letter to the, this camp. And I'll never forget when I got a letter from uh, university of Nebraska, the Huskers. Right. And all it was, was an invitation to the camp. And again, they sold that, they sent that to how many people in, in Nebraska, everybody went to that camp. Right. And it was so funny because in my mind, I'm like, Oh, they must really like me. They want me, you know? So I, I went to that camp. When I went to that camp, I was one of about a million and nobody talked to me whatsoever. <laughs> so I started kind of getting the uh, uh, reality in my head, like, geez, Louise, maybe I didn't work hard enough or, or, or something, something needs to change because, you know, I, I don't have a lot of people recruiting me. You know what I mean? Like I definitely wanted to play. I felt like I could play, but I had such a, a false sense of reality. I didn't, I, I guess I really didn't know what it took. Um, you know, I had some of the smaller schools, like some of the NAI schools, that we're uh, offering. And then, yeah, it just, none of those letters really came. Um, you know, the, 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 the reason why, and, and I don't want to jump the gun here because I'm assuming, assuming you're going to ask about it, but the, the one letter I got and the one quote unquote offer I got was from Wayne state college. Um, and I think that offer was a book scholarship. So I think I got, that's back when you had to buy books and I think I got a $500 book scholarship. I did some research on Wayne State and realized it was Division Two, and didn't know much about the program besides I got a new head coach. And that was really my only option. So I talked to my dad and we just decided to, yeah, that's going to be uh, the place that, that I'm going to go and ended up going to Wayne State to start. Was the plan always, did you think you were going to play defense, play linebacker when you went no. there? Or is that something that came about later? No. no. Yeah, they actually... When I was at Wayne State, uh, I was recruited as a fullback, uh, went to fall camp as a fullback. Um, and again, that was back when, you know, that was, what, 2000. So that's back when we had legit two-a-days. And at Wayne State, you know, I don't know if it was the new coaching staff, but they were trying to, you know, really set the tone with the new coaching staff. I mean, we had three-a-days where we had like a, a, a four-hour practice. So we did two hours and we broke for like 20 minutes and we had two more-hour practice. And then we had our next practice in the afternoon. And it was just a... a uh, it was an awakening for me, for sure. For one, I mean, everybody there was bigger, faster, stronger. Wayne, Wayne State wasn't, you know, a, a powerhouse by any means, but it was still grown men that I was playing against now. And uh, I remember that, 
you know, during fall camp, I was playing linebacker and I don't know, I, I was not an intelligent football player. Even when I moved to defense, I just, I wasn't, and we can talk about that later, but like, I just, I didn't understand the game really well as far as like the X's and O's. So I don't know if they realized that on the offense, I just wasn't really getting it. And they moved me over to the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, the best thing about my time at Wayne state was Matt Entz, who is the head coach at North Dakota state university, obviously all those um, national championships at, at North Dakota State. He was my linebackers coach when I was at Wayne State, and uh, I talked to Troy Tisdale years later when I when I met Troy. Troy almost went to Wayne State just because of Matt Entz, because he was that type of guy. You know, I mean, just a really really good guy. So when they moved me over to linebacker, I was very very excited, and and I'll never forget. We were in uh, inside run period, and this is where I kind of made a name for myself when I was there. And this was my you know my first camp. Um, we're in doing inside run and, and all I decided to do is my first day on defense. All I decided to do is no matter what the play was, I'm going to run downhill and I'm going to hit the center as hard as I possibly can. So I did that, snapped his head back. He got up and started pushing me and started talking trash. And I told him, <laughs> I don't want to cuss on here, but I said, that's why I made you bleed, bitch. And then I walked back to the huddle because he was bleeding from his head because I snapped his head back. And after that, Coach Entz and me got along really well. He loved that. And he, he told that story over and over again. And I'll never forget that because that kind of made a name for myself as a freshman in camp that this guy will play hard and he will hit. So um, from there, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I had a I had a great time at Wayne State, to be honest with you. It was, uh, you know, I, I was – on the, the traveling um, bus, you know, the first game we were going to play Nebraska Kearney, and I'm a true freshman. I'm on the bus. I, I can't remember if I was scheduled to start or not, but I was playing inside linebacker, and I got a phone call from Scott Hoffman at 7 o'clock in my dorm room, and this is back when we actually had phones, right? So mm -hmm. it was like a dial-up phone, and I got a phone call in my dorm room. He called me the day of the game and said, hey, Adam, you need to call – your guidance counselor from high school, your transcripts are screwed up. And I was very confused, very puzzled. And uh, I called him and then, you know, long story short, I ended up being ineligible and they just found out that morning of the game, which, you know, kind of just devastated me. You know what I mean? So I had to actually register, which, you know, turned out to be a, a great thing, but I just thought that was a really weird type of situation, how that just got figured out so late in the game. And I know things come up and, and it happens. And, and again, it was a blessing in disguise for sure. So I actually took that first year to redshirt, um, mature a lot more, get into the weight room. And it was definitely the best thing for me, for sure. And then, you know, we ended up playing, I ended up playing there for two years, um, started as a redshirt freshman. And again, played Carney. our first game, they actually came to Wayne state that first year. And, and you want to talk about a, a, a welcome to college football. I mean, I just got my ass kicked all over that field all day long. And I'll never forget, again, uh, I'll have to send this to, to Coach Ent so he can, can, can listen to this because I'm sure he remembers it too. I remember getting my butt chewed in the locker room. He yelled and said, you walk around like you're the big man on campus and you're getting your ass kicked all over the place. And uh, I went home after that game. We got our butts kicked and I cried myself to sleep. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding you. I was in my dorm room by myself weeping like a baby because I was like, what the hell am I doing? You know what I mean? I, I obviously got to try to get better. So it ended up getting better as we went. Um, and I started to, to, to be a little bit more successful. Unfortunately, team-wise, we just didn't have that much success as a team. Um, you know, I ended up starting the rest of the year. I was the, the freshman of the year for the mm -hmm. conference, which was great. Um, 
And then, but again, like it, that didn't matter because we weren't winning any football games. And, and, and more so than anything, I just didn't see a lot of guys on that team that had my same type of mindset of doing things to make sure that we're trying to turn this thing around. Um, so then, yeah, my, my, my sophomore year, same thing, you know, started, I think I was all conference. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just first again, what, yeah. yeah, we, we just weren't winning any, any football games. And that was the only thing I wanted to do in college football. You know, I wanted to do that, but I also wanted to be a part of something great, you know what I mean? And be part of some, you know, unity of a team. And, and I just didn't see it that way, you know, unfortunately. So, um, again, I'm blabbing, I'm blabbing. You're probably going to ask these questions, but I'm just blabbing away. But, um, you know, my sophomore year after my sophomore season, I was team captain as a sophomore. Um, so this made it even way more challenging to go in and talk to coach Hoffman about wanting to transfer. Um, so I went into his office, um, you know, and believe it or not, Scott Hoffman, great guy. He, he coached at Kearney for uh, a lot of years after he left Wayne. Great guy. Um, he, he kind of just totally understood. He's like, Adam, you know, between me and you, I, I'm not sure we can get this thing turned around. He's like, I've got some guys I can, I can call and, and try to help you and get you into the right spot. And, you know, it, it was very mature and very nice of him to do that. Again, I felt very immature and very almost like pouty, you know what I mean, that I was leaving. But again, the only, re- the only thing I wanted to do was win football games. So that was my biggest motivator to, to, to transfer and try to find a place where I could help out and be a good fit and win football games. Well, so as you're looking at other schools, I mean, was it always Northwest at the top of the list or were there other schools that, that you were considering? How, and I'm sure it was a little different. You know, now we have the portal and things are different. Right. It's not like guys didn't transfer at all back then. That happened. Right. But it certainly right. wasn't like it is in 2023. Um, right. You know, kind of walk me through that process. What schools you were considering and, and why'd you end up at Northwest? Um, realistically, I looked... I, I knew about Northwest for a lot of years. You know what I mean? I, th- I think I got a letter from Northwest when I was in high school. Um, and Scott always made a joke down the road. Like he was dumb and he didn't recruit me. I'm like, no, no, no. Actually that just shows how good of a recruiter you were because I was not worthy of, of being on Northwest team with my high school film. I mean, that's just the, real, the, 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 that's just being realistic. Um, but when I transferred and when I talked to Scott Hoffman, he, he knew, uh, Coach Gus, he knew Gustafson really well. So he called Gus um, and just told him, you know, that, you know, our, our all-conference linebackers transferring, you know, I think it would be a good fit for you. I looked, literally, I looked on d2football.com because um, I think we did, we had internet back then, just started though, right? I think it was dial-up still. So it took me an hour to look up all these teams, <laughs> right? But, but when I started looking up, I looked up the MIAA and Northwest was a school that I definitely wanted to talk with, obviously with Scott, Scott Hoffman having a connection with coach Gus. I wanted to, to talk to them and I, and I knew about them. I saw that was one of the first division two football games I ever saw was uh, 99 with the four overtimes. And it was just the most unbelievable football game I've seen. So I knew about Northwest. Um, I remember looking at Pitt state on the website and was just thinking like, Oh my God, what an unbelievable stadium they had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For some reason I, I didn't really reach out to them and I don't even remember the rules back there. If I could reach out or if they had to, coaches had to reach out, I don't know, but it, it basically came down to same thing. I looked under uh central university of uh, what's it called now? UCM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I looked at central, same thing. I was like, Oh man, they got a great stadium. They got good facilities. I kind of was in awe of that. Um, and I went down on a visit. So my only two visits I went to was central and then Northwest Missouri state. And when I went down to Warrensburg, coach Fritz was the head coach. 
where's he at now? He's at a, he's at a, Tulane. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. big time now. Yeah, right? he is. So, yeah. So he, he brought me in and uh, he made me feel like almost like a movie. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, you know, he had a couple of guys take me out and it was great. And, you know, the coaches were great to me and talking to me and I'll never forget our, our meeting when I, before I was leaving, he just said how they were going to build the whole defensive defense around me. They, uh, they loved what I did. They just knew that I was going to be the guy there, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I was like, Oh, I really appreciate that. That's great. Um, I got a visit to Northwest next week, so I will definitely let you guys know, well, what can we do to prevent you from going on your visit to Northwest? So when he said that, I was like, yeah, something, something doesn't seem right with that. He doesn't want me to go check it out. I, I need to at least go check it out. So I went to Maryville. Um, I went to Maryville, Missouri for, for my official visit. And it was during uh, finals or it was during Christmas break. So I got, I got set up with John Edmonds. Um, and I think Adam Audie was there. We went out to dinner at, um, Oh, where the heck did we go? Still there. Soup and salad. The A and G. We mm-hmm. went to A and G. Went to A and G for dinner. Um, he took me over to where they were living at. He was living with Troy. I actually met Troy that night. I don't know if Troy remembers, but he was on his way out. And I just never forget that over and over again, John Edmonds kept apologizing saying, trust me, it's usually not this boring. Usually we have a lot of things going on and, you know, don't worry about it. You know, our town's usually really fun, but, but again, that's not why I was transferred. I didn't, I could care less about the parties. I could care less about that. Any college town, you can have fun, right? I mean, I had fun at Wayne state. It was, it was more about the culture and, and what the coaches had to say. So after sitting down with Scott, um, sat down in his office and this is when, like, they probably didn't know, but this is when I made my decision. Scott looked at me and just said, I said, so what does it look like as far as linebackers and, and stuff like that? Do you see me fitting in here or, or what? And I'll never forget, Scott looked me right in the eye and just said, we have a lot of linebackers here. I don't know if you can play here. You're going to have to prove yourself. So as soon as he said that, I, I could have signed right there. I was ready to go. I called Coach Churchman, I think. I don't remember what highway it was on. I was five minutes out of town. I called him and told him I'm ready to go. So um, it was it was just something just felt right there. You know what I mean? Whether I didn't get to meet a lot of the team, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with the coaches. Um, I can't remember if, you know, Scott called me all the time and was was doing a good job with recruiting. I just I, none of that really mattered. I kind of knew um, the history of Northwest and I knew the culture that Northwest had. And it, it was just. I don't know. It just felt totally right. And the honesty that Scott gave me right off the bat and, and the challenge that he kind of approached me with, I mean, very easy to say, oh, yeah, you're going to be the man, blah, 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 like I was hearing down in Central. But to have him tell me, yeah, if you're good enough, you're going to play. If not, you're going to be sitting. And I really appreciated that. And I, and I was ready to, uh, to, to make my decision after I heard that. Well, one of my questions was going to be, what was your first impression of, uh, of coach Bostwick? So that's, that's perfect. That was good. Yeah. Um, absolutely. so, so you're, so you were f- in for spring ball then, right? Yep. I got there in, uh, the spring of Oh three. Um, and, and it's funny because he, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, but he, you know, to this day, Chad Bostwick is my brother, you know what I mean? And, when I got there, so Chad's story is a very interesting one. You know, Scott tried to prevent him from playing there. He didn't want him to go there. Chad ended up walking on. And Chad was obviously a linebacker, right? Inside linebacker. And I was an inside linebacker. And so when I got there, I could just feel it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, for one, I was the new guy, right? Um, I probably, 
I, I never wanted to like act like I belonged right away. So I might've like seemed like I was kind of standoffish, you know, maybe even a little arrogant just because I didn't talk to a lot of people right off the bat, but it was funny because I saw, you know, Troy, John Edmonds, um, you know, Chad Boswick, you know, Troy and Chad, especially like those were just two guys that I felt like I could kind of mesh with. And I know, I know for a fact, Chad did not like me from the start. Right. But like, he was just a dude that I was going to make like me, no matter if he liked it or not. That's just kind of how it was going to be. So me and him, whether he wanted to or not, I was joined at the hip with him. I was doing everything he did. He was such a hardworking guy. I was lifting with those guys and I was always with Chad, always wanted to hang on with Chad. The one thing me and Chad had in common was we like to drink beer every once in a while. <laughs> so unfortunately that first spring that I was there, it was so funny because, you know, at Wayne, we didn't, I mean, we didn't party a ton. I mean, we did, but it wasn't anything crazy, but at Northwest, I mean, geez, Louise, these guys just drank more beer than I was ever used to. Right. So we were drinking beers and then I'll never forget we're, we're, we're doing our whole off season. Right. And I'm just getting strong. Right. That was the first time I actually had a, a good strength and conditioning program. Coach Gus, you know, didn't really monitor it like a practice like it is now and how kind of Coach Wright took over, but he just had a really good program. And I'll never forget, I was getting stronger and stronger and I kept stepping on the scale and I was gaining weight and I was like, oh, this is great. And uh, during spring ball, that first year in 03, and I'll never forget, I got like 10 phone calls from all my friends from Wayne talking about, geez, Louise, you got fat. What are you doing? Can you even move? Like, what's going on? And I looked at the picture and I was like, oh my God. I am fat. Like, how am I going to move? So that first spring was just a disaster. I think I pulled a hamstring. You know what I mean? I was just out of shape and I was getting stronger because I was drinking beer and then having my uh, Aladine meal, being able to order pizza, like geez Louise, I was eating Domino's pizza every night after drinking beer with Chad. Like I was just a slob, you know what I mean? So that summer <laughs> I knew things had to change. So we kind of cut the beer out and made sure that I was cleaning up my diet a little bit to make sure that I was going to be able to have a, a productive summer so I could hopefully uh, play some football in the fall. So, I mean, I'm guessing practices were pretty, uh, you know, pretty intense. I mean, you talk about the linebacker room, Troy, Chad, John Edmonds, like Ben yeah. Harness was a, was oh, a red God. shirt freshman. I mean, oh holy smokes, you know, throw you in there. Like, you know, that's, that's, and there were other guys too that, that played. I mean, that's, Andy, Andy Krager was still there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was yeah. a senior Andy in 03. Was still, yeah, he was still there. Yeah. So there was a lot of people in there that could play football, man. And it was just, uh, it was definitely intimidating. You know what I mean? My first spring trying to learn a defense for one, you know, when I was at Wayne, we just played a, a simple four, three, when I was inside, I really didn't have a lot of rules. So like now looking back, like Scott trying to have to teach me like, Hey buddy, like you better understand, like if you do something wrong, you're affecting this guy or you're affecting this gap. And so there was definitely a big learning curve. And, you know, I'd like to say I had it all figured out by the time we started playing in the fall, my junior year, but I had a lot of growing pains that first year. There's no doubt about it. Um, and me and Chad kind of split time, you know what I mean? At, at, at uh, buck linebacker, and then, um, yeah, it was definitely a tough year. O three was definitely different. Um, you know, we we opened up against South Dakota State that first year. Um, I got a couple of funny stories on that. When when we opened up, we got beat twenty to nothing, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. um, and we're walking back. My dad, God bless him, has never missed the game ever. You know what I mean? I mean, when we were in at Wayne State, he traveled up to Duluth and watched me get my butt kicked. You know, he never missed a game. So he came up after the South Dakota State game 
And I think I had probably as a team, I think we had 45 missed tackles. It was just a, a very poor performance by the defense. And he comes up to me after the game, like we always do when we talk. He looked at me and he said, well, you missed a lot of tackles. I looked at him and I said, have a nice trip back. And then I walked inside because I was so mad. I was so mad. And then I was walking back with Chad and Troy. And both of them just kept apologizing, like, Adam, so sorry. We usually win football games here, you know? We usually win football games. I don't know what the hell happened. And I just started cracking up. I'm like, it's it's okay, guys. Like, we'll, we'll get it figured out. But it was definitely a, a tough, tough year. We had some injuries, you know? We just, in 03, I just don't think that we were great. We kind of didn't have a great identity. And it was just, uh, it, it was definitely a challenging year for sure. Well, yeah, the second game, Mankato, and, uh, you know, a team you're familiar with, playing yep. in the in the northern sun and and you know that's kind of lambo's coming out party he comes off the bench leads a couple of touchdown drives in in the fourth quarter and yep. so it had to feel decent about that one getting the win and two beating the northern sun team well the bad thing is i still remember that that pass that he gave to jamaica in the quarter of the end zone i mean like one of the most unbelievable catches i've ever seen in my life to get that foot down unfortunately that shouldn't even be the case because when they were driving on the last series the quarterback threw me a gift just right in my hands and I dropped the interception game would have been over game would have been over. And I dropped the interception and my brother, my brother and my dad were up in the, up in the stands. My brother almost got in a fight because somebody yelled out number 11, you suck. And my brother turned around and was like, Hey, that's my brother. And then almost got in a fight with them. I'm like, what are you going to fight him about? I do suck. I can't believe I dropped that interception. Could have ended it. But yeah, that was really cool to see Josh Lamberson come in and just, totally take over and just it definitely started feeling different after that for sure well yeah i mean i remember in in 02 he was returning kicks so he Josh Lamberson even, was yeah yeah oh and wow the, my one of my favorite uh, trivia questions is um gabe helms ran the opening kickoff back to start the 02 season at home okay. bennett bearcat stadium was rick and broad and it was under renovation and it was all you know there was basically no home side anyway the guy back there with him there's two guys back to receive that opening kickoff, Gabe Helms and Josh Lamberson. Oh, so wow. That's a, I would have never guessed that. I didn't yep, know that. That's a fun, that's a fun little, yeah, no, nobody remembers that when he, uh, when awesome. he was doing that stuff before he was a uh, quarterback. So, yeah, right. Awesome. Um, well, the next game, not a fun one to talk about, especially from the defensive side of the ball. You play central, you almost went there. They come in, it's a close game, but they score like four fourth quarter touchdowns. Um, and that was that. Did you second guess tough. it at all? <laughs> I mean, when no, you're like, oh, I could tough. have been on that side of it. You know what? That game obviously upset me for a number of reasons. You know, for one, you know, I, I don't even know how many mental errors I had when I was out of my gap. You know what I mean? But on top of that, and again, I don't quote me on this, and I want to make sure that I say this because I'm not 100% sure it was Coach Fritz, but I'm pretty sure it was. But again, I don't quote me on it because I can't be 100% certain. But I know when we were shaking hands, one of the coaches came up and said, good job, Adam, way to pick the wrong school as they walked by. Oh, and that made me so hot. Oh, that made me so hot for so many years. Oh, my gosh, that made me mad. So that made me, like, to be honest with you, that assured me that I I, I made the right decision. You know what I mean? Because I would never in a million years hear anybody on our coaching staff ever make that comment. And, again, I don't want to say that it was Coach Fritz. I don't know who it was, but it was somebody. It could have been a player, but it I could have been a GA or something like that, but it, one of the coaches said that to me and oh man, it fired me up. Well, you guys kind of get on a, a bit of a roll. You beat Rolla and defense scores a couple touchdowns in that one. I think 
Maybe Chad scored scored one of those. I think so. The Washburn game was that. Did you have an interception in the Washburn game? I think I think I had an interception during the Rolla game. I okay, think it was the Rolla game. game. So I wasn't sure. I knew you had an interception, but again, like box scores are real hard to come by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> prior to 04. I could so only imagine. Any and that was your only interception, right? At Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's what I look back at. I'm like, Jesus Louise, like, what was I doing? Like I needed to, and, and Scott would tell me that all the time. He's like, you gotta get better with your pass coverage. What are you doing? Looking back, I was just so worried about, you know, making a play on the run or this, that, and the other. Like I, I, I definitely looking back, wish I could have worked on being a more complete player. You know what I mean? Especially that was the time when, you know, offenses were kind of changing a little bit and spreading things out. And it was just, uh, yeah, I look back and just, don't know what the heck I was doing. I, I could have been so much of a better player looking back at it, but I would have just listened to Scott. Like, geez, the like, it makes me pound my head against the wall. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, a close game ends up against Emporia, who was, I think, a top 10 team at the time. Yep. You guys, I think, blocked an extra point, and then they missed a field goal at the end of that game. Um, yep. in, and uh, Missouri Southern homecoming, I think, Yep. Uh, Chad was the, was the Don Black yeah, on the Don Black absolutely. award. Absolutely. That was awesome. That was great. And then, uh, well, then of course we got to talk about Mo West. I, I was there, unfortunately, uh, not, oh, yeah. there's, they're all good memories for them when they didn't, weren't able to, to beat the Bearcats too many times, but overtime when, I mean, does that, I don't know. Do I even, do I even mention Cooper's name? I mean, Michael Cooper oh, has that just... crazy scramble. Oh man, I remember seeing that on the the. They actually put that on our highlight video. I don't know if it was a game recap or if they actually put it on the highlight video just to make us mad. But oh, that just made me sick. And it was like I said, it was just kind of a weird feeling. Like that was a year where you really could tell that we never had control of momentum. You know what I mean? Like when momentum would shift, we just didn't have a really good answer. And it was you could feel it in that game, especially a couple things went wrong, and then all of a sudden, like you know, we just couldn't counter the, the the momentum that they that they would get and it ended up you know killing us in overtime so well in th- third loss i mean that up pretty much all oh, especially yeah. then that was pretty much okay playoffs are, are not going to happen right. um but you guys bounce back finished the season well you you beat truman you shut them out i think that was the first shutout since maybe 2000 or 01 um, right so in a couple of years there baptist ends up being a really close game um yeah. funny story about the baptist game right mm-hmm. So all year, Scott's yelling at me about getting in my gap and make, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, getting your gap, getting your gap. And he was just on my rear end that whole game over and over again. And I'm like, coach, I promise to God, I am in my gap. I promise. It got to the point at the end of the game, I was so sick of getting yelled at that as soon as I saw that it was run, if I had B gap, I just almost blitzed B gap and ran through B gap just so he knew I had my gap. You know what I mean? So (laughs) He's on my butt the whole game. The next day we watch film and I go upstairs and I see Andy Krager and uh, Scott sitting there watching film. (laughs) I don't think he ever apologized because Scott would never do that, obviously. But uh, Andy Krager ended up with like 30 mental errors or something like that because he was out of his gap every single time because it kept cutting back to his gap. And I was I was the whipping boy getting yelled at because I was the new guy, I guess. But (laughs) that was one story that I just could. It was so funny because Andy was so upset because he had like literally they would grade us, you know, on a point system. 
And I think Andy ended up with like negative points that game just because he had so many mental errors because he wasn't in his gap. But, you know, it, w- it was to the point, like realistically, where as soon as the ball was snapped, I just basically blitzed my gap just to make sure Scott knew I was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we get Arrowhead to round out the season. That's, that's, yeah. This is definitely a good memory. I mean, 20,000 oh, people in Arrowhead. What, oh. what was your first experience there like? I mean, that's got to be kind of like a dream come true, right? unbelievable you know we played when i was at uh wayne state we played it was called the metrodome classic when they still had the metrodome up there and we played up there and i remember how cool it was and there was probably 10 people there you know what i mean there was nobody there and then going to arrowhead and just seeing that whole lower level full and just the history of pitt state and northwest and just how how, how well of a job the coaches did to prepare us that week you know because obviously Pitt State's offense is nothing to bat an eye at. I mean, just unbelievable. You have to be very, very disciplined with that team and just how they prepared us and then being able to to run out in that crowd and hear all those people there for a Division II football game. I mean, oh, my gosh, my mind was blown. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were fighting for the – they win that game. They win the conference yeah. title outright. Absolutely. And ends up with the crazy five-way tie, and, and you guys can share that. Of course, we're, we're always going to talk about Tony Glover's block. That Absolutely. They, nobody blocked him, but he definitely blocked that kick. They had a missed extra point, or else it would have been a tied game, and that's kind of a, Absolutely. a forgotten memory from that game. But just any special memories or anything? I mean, that had to – was that like your guys' national championship that year? I think so. I think it was awesome. And I heard a story you have to verify with Coach T. I can't remember if somebody said that they we got uh, asked if we wanted to go to the Mineral Water Bowl, and Coach T said, "There's no way we're going to the Mineral Water Bowl <laughs> if we're not if we're not going to the playoffs. The season's over," which I thought was pretty cool. But that was definitely a great way to end the season and kind of get us going um, on the right track for the next year. I think you know it was it was a lot of fun. We played so hard. You know, defense played hard, offense played hard. I mean. Lambo just made some unbelievable plays that game. I mean, running for his life and just making things happen. It was just very, very cool to be a part of. Very, very cool. And then to see, you know, Tony Glover blocked out at the last second and to, to win the game and some crazy way we got a share of a conference championship. So we're eight and three. Everybody's bummed. I'm super happy. I got eight wins. I can't be happier. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I wanted to do is get some wins. And then I also get a piece of a conference championship, even though I think I threw that ring away can't keep a ring that's five-way tie you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> well i know it was really cool you're honorable mention all MIAA, so um yep. you know get a good season on you how did, how did kind of what were your thoughts on on that year good good learning experience i mean we, we i know oh three definitely propels the team into 04 but would you say that for you personally also i think you know definitely i was very disappointed you know what i mean but again I was always more worried about making sure that we won football games. And again, that's the most football games I won since high school. So I was very happy with, you know, getting the eight wins, but I just knew right away that I had a lot of work to do. You know what I mean? I had a lot to learn. Um, and, you know, obviously from just learning the defense, but then also just getting better, you know what I mean? And being a better football player and being something, being someone better that the, the team could rely on. You know what I mean? I don't know how reliable I was as a, as a transfer coming in, um, at o, in, in 03, just, I don't know. I just, looking back, I, I just had a lot of growing up to do and a lot of, uh, you know, I, I just had to get a lot better and, you know, being honorable mention, I think kind of just showed me that, you know what I mean? You know, coming from, you know, the NSIC wasn't nearly as uh, strong of a conference as MIAA. And it was just kind of a, an eye opener. Like, look, dude, you got to get a lot better if you want to be able to play at a high level here. So I think I kind of took that um, as a challenge again and, and really tried to do everything I could to get better. Well, going in 04, you're the only all conference player on the whole defense that 
that came back. And then, um, you know, obviously you'd made an impression on your teammates. You get voted as a team captain going in. So you're just there a year. You're, you're a team captain. I mean, what, what did that mean to you? And, and what, you know, I mean, how, how, how much different was that off season going into 04 where you're kind of one of the main leaders of the team? You know, as, as silly as it sounds, you know, that's something I'm so, I mean, it doesn't sound silly. I'm very, very prideful of, of being a team captain, you know, on, to this day, when I, when we moved up to Clear Lake, Iowa, and I interviewed for this job on my resume, I still put that I was team captain at Wayne state and I was team captain at Northwest Missouri state, just because I, that's something I'm very prideful in and, and very honored that I was voted that way. Um, and, and again, it just reassured me that, you know, I need to make sure that I'm doing everything to make everybody better now. So um, that summer, and, and I think coach Wright will tell you, you know, coach Wright came in that year, coach Gustafson mm-hmm. left coach Wright came in. And again, I listened to his podcast and I don't even remember, but I think he was gone for the first month or something like that. That first year he was there. Um, Cause I think he was having, I think his wife had one of their, one of their daughters. But anyways, I just remember the first session that we had, you know, and it was the most organized strength and conditioning session I've ever had. I mean, we were on a timer first man, first set go we're all looking at each other. I mean, it used to take me, Chad and Troy four hours to lift. Cause we took 10 minutes between sets. You know what I mean? Like we were just doing all types of crazy stuff, like just taking our time, you know, getting a workout in blah, blah, blah. But this was way more regimented. Um, the other thing that Josh Lamberson and Troy did, cause I believe both of them were, Josh was a captain that year too. Mm, I believe. And Troy was too. Oh, yep. And Troy was as well. They, uh, they printed out a roster and they put it up on the bulletin board in the weight room. And we took role of summer workouts so it was expected that you were going to be there um and i remember i remember players almost getting physical with each other if somebody showed up they didn't show up the day before if they haven't showed up all week all of a sudden they show up i remember players getting in each other's faces and being like look we don't miss workouts i don't care if you have work this that or other you talk with your work you come during one of these sessions this is very, very important. And we took role and we wanted to make sure that we got to the point where we were a hundred percent attendance every single session. Um, and I think that really started just, uh, just the closeness that we had, you know what I mean? Being, hanging out with each other all summer long, we all worked together at different jobs. Me and Chad worked at the, um, golf course, <laughs> how we didn't get fired. I put a mower in the pond. I think Chad, <laughs> I think Chad put diesel in a gas engine uh, mower. I mean, just it was just a disaster. I can't believe that guy hired us. But um, it was, and then every night we would grill out as a team. You know what I mean? We would have groups here, groups there, and just hung out all summer. And I just think that um, developing together as a team, it just really, really helped. And I really think that that kind of started off the next couple of years after that, because I know it just continued to get better. And now, I think Joe Q says, I mean, they almost have a hundred percent attendance now with, mm-hmm. with all their kids there. And it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable. And, and again, I, I'm very prideful that we were kind of a small part of that to start that. And Rich Wright, you know, did such a good job at, you know, making sure that people knew that the weight room was important. You know, Gus knew the weight room was important too. He just had a little bit different of a mentality of coaching. Like he gave us a great program. It's on us to get better, which, which I can appreciate, you know, Rich really brought that football coaching mentality into the weight room. And I think that just helped tremendously. I mean, every, every session was ran, was run like a practice, you know what I mean? And you had to kind of be ready. You're almost kind of nervous to make sure that you weren't messing up and you had everything going. Like you just, you were, you were definitely preparing yourself a lot more for those workouts that summer. And I think that really helped us out in the season. So going in, you know, fall camp, getting ready for the year, what was your, 
your comfort level like with Scott Bostwick's defense at that point? Um, you know, it started get it started definitely getting better. I started learning a little bit more and, you know, I just, I, I sat down with Scott as much as I could so he could help me. And then, you know, one funny thing that we did, this was, this was in the spring ball before our senior year. So I was a buck linebacker and Chad was a buck linebacker our junior year in 03. And at this time I finally got Chad to start liking me. So we are starting to get close, right? We're friends and he, I'm finally <laughs> wearing off on him a little bit. And I think he considers me a friend. And we just started talking about like, you know, it's stupid. Why, why are we both playing buck? We both need to be on the field together. Cause Troy was going to be um, our rover our outside backer. It's like, I mean, us three should be playing together. And I'm like, yeah, you, we definitely should. And Chad's like, you know what? You should just go out and just start playing Mike. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I think you should just go start playing Mike. So anyways, I'm not lying. This is a hundred percent factual. Our first practice, I don't, I'm 99% sure we didn't even talk to Scott about it. He called out the first defense. I ran out, Troy ran out and Chad ran out and Heath Finch was uh, the Mike linebacker. And I said, Oh, don't worry. Don't, don't worry, Finch. I got it. We walked out there, we huddled up and Scott looked over at us, gave us that weird Scott Bostic look and just kind of shrugged his shoulder. And then he called the defense. And then I was playing Mike from now on. <laughs> so I just decided, we just kind of decided that, you know, me, Chad and Troy, were going to do the linebackers there. And then we had obviously Ben Harness come in as the extra linebacker and, um, it kind of, I don't know, it just helped. Chad was a very, very smart football player. Obviously, he's an unbelievable coach, and he knows the game very well. You can see probably every every game that we ever play, I'm looking over at Chad to ask what the hell I do. You know what I mean? Because he would tell me every single time, you know, you got this, you have this. So he was a huge help. Chad was, you know, obviously just as much a help as Scott was. So it was great having Chad right there next to me because he definitely helped out and helped me get a lot more comfortable for sure. Well, did that, do you feel like that suited, which suited your game better? playing playing buck or playing in the middle i think they're pretty interchangeable because you know the, the way the defense is ran both of those guys are basically inside guys anyways you know what i mean buck needs to be able to run a little bit better and run a little bit faster and, and chad was definitely that guy um but i i just think it, it just helps so much because me chad and troy i mean to this day i mean they're the best friends of my of my life so like you know having them playing with your best friends i think it's just I don't know. It just felt like it gelled a lot better and it felt a lot more comfortable out there for sure. I mean, Oh, four starts in record breaking fashion, which was <laughs> 77 to 12 against Moorhead. Again, another, you get one over on a, on a Northern sun um, team and it's different feeling. I mean, guessing a lot, obviously we know what the defense ends up doing in Oh four, but did it feel different than Oh three? Like, Hey, maybe this year is going to be different. Absolutely. You know, that was actually, a nice conversation I had with their head coach afterwards. Cause he came up and shook my hand and said, thank God I don't ever have to play against you again. And I thought that was very nice to hear that versus what I heard from a different coach the year before. Uh, <laughs> I think it just really set the tone. You know what I mean? I think that um, Josh Lamberson and that offense was just clicking on all cylinders. You know what I mean? We had a lot of, and I think Jamaica wasn't playing that game, but we just had so many weapons. And then Josh Lamberson was just, you know, an unbelievable football player, unbelievable leader. Um, the whole offense, the whole team followed Josh, and I think it helped. And then defensively, you know, it, it helps tremendously when I've got – when Chad and I have Dave Tolleson, Steve Williams, and Powell Kaiser in front of us. You know what I mean? I, I tell that to everybody. It makes our job a lot easier when you got three dudes like that up front. Um, we can run free. So it was definitely – we were clicking on defense as well. Everybody – you know, we had a, we had a lot of guys that could make plays, and I think that that was just uh, a, a good thing. And, you know, 
not only could they make plays, they understood their job and they did their job. So, you know, if, if the defensive line wasn't making the play, the linebackers had it. If we weren't making the play, the defensive line was handling it. So it, it definitely it definitely felt a lot better going into 04. And I think a lot of that just came from us growing together so close in the summer. I really do. Well, and you guys beat up Westchester the next week, and then you get to go down to Warrensburg. It kind of a, you know ends up being a revenge game from the year before. And uh, you guys you know, beat central that probably had to feel good in any, any, uh, after the game or, or during the game conversations or anything. Nope, nothing at all. It was, <laughs> it was all good. It was great. You know, they had, they had some unbelievable athletes on that team. Like, Holy moly. I don't know where they get some of those guys, but I mean, Keegan Coleman, Lee Thompson, like talk about two just stud running backs. And then I think they had Delaney Walker who was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. So, I mean, trying to tackle him and he was a ex, he was a receiver. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, just dudes, you know what I mean? And being able to play against those high-level players and being able to take care of them at their home field at a night game, that was very, very special for us. We had a lot of fun playing that game. That was that was, that was was one we'll remember for a long time. That was fun. Well, and, uh, you know, beat up Rolla. You guys, you guys uh, get Washburn again, Emporia, Southern. I mean, you guys are rolling, just curb-stomping everybody. Then we all know the Mo West game. Lambo gets yep. hurt. Um, yep. You know, I know you're you're on the defensive side of the ball, but still, you know, he's captain, leader. That I'm sure that one probably I'm sure shook the whole team. Absolutely. I mean, we were really close with with Josh. Obviously, um, hung out a lot with Josh, and you know, he was a really really close friend. And you know, just hearing that whole stadium just go dead silent when he got hurt. You know what I mean? It was just. I think we all kind of knew, you know, and. And, and I hate to say it, but like, it just, it just, it felt different. You know what I mean? Like, again, Troy being a captain, me being a captain, you know, we still had obviously our leaders there and we still had a really good defense, but just not having Josh Lamberson lead our offense was definitely something that we didn't want to have to think about. Um, you know, we always talked about that, you know, as long as Josh stays healthy, I think we're going to be okay this year. And, you know, having that happen and how it happened was just tough. You know, I think we responded well that game, especially, you know, we still played really hard. And I think, you know, that was one of the, the better games we had defensively. Um, uh, and it always feels good to beat Mo West. But having that in the back of your mind, knowing that you have to go to the hospital to see your buddy afterwards. And we don't know the extent to it. All I know is Kelly did not talk too much to us about it. You know, she definitely didn't reassure us that everything was going to be OK. And that kind of scared us, I think, for sure. Well, and yeah, I mean, he gets taken off, you know, he gets taken out by ambulance. I mean, that's, that's gotta be tough, you know, just to focus on the game. And you very, guys did. Very, very, very. Yeah. I think that definitely coaches obviously have a, have a great, uh, you know, they do such a good job at obviously preparing us and making sure that we're focusing on what we need to focus on. We'll focus on what we can control. Um, and that was unfortunately something we couldn't control. So we just still had to handle business and, and unfortunately got bad news after the game. But, I mean, that's just kind of how life goes, you know. Well, in one of the craziest games, and probably not a great memory, the next week at Truman, 8-0 Northwest against 0-8 Truman. Almost, I said yeah. a million times on this podcast, almost ends up being the upset of the century. You have Xavier's yeah. late touchdown to, uh, um, you know, to beat him. But yeah. that, I'm sure on the defensive sideline, um, that was not a fun game. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what, before the game started, Rich Wright came up to me and I don't think this helped. So Rich, if you're listening, I don't think this helped, <laughs> but when he came up to me and he's like, dude, you better get these guys going, something's wrong. And I'm like, 
in my mind, I'm like, oh, crap, what's wrong? Something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong. But it just totally was a, a, a bad feeling. And I remember, I can't remember if it was, the, I listened to the podcast. I think X talked about it. Morris White forgot his pants. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so they took Zach Sherman's pants and then Mo wore those. And I think that they, I, don't, I can't remember if we were wearing green or silver. Either way, Zach Sherman had to wear, you know, spray painted pants. Which yeah, was silver just, spray painted pants. Yeah, that's just kind of how that game went. And it was just unbelievable like the things that were happening but again that's just part of momentum and why football is such a stupid game right you know one bad thing goes and then it's in our mind and it's in everybody's mind and that year they had such an interesting game plan right because they knew our d-line they knew our linebackers could run so they three-stepped us all game long and i swear they ran like three or four level slants on us so every time me or chad would absolutely just demolish the receiver when he caught it right i'd look up and then I would see, oh, first down. I was like, you got to be kidding me. What is going on? Next play, same exact thing. Chad decletes the kid. We look up, first down. And then come to find out, you know, they had the 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 MIAA or NCAA record for most pass yards in a game or something Yeah, it like was that. the and MIAA record. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And I'll never forget a funny Scott story. I'm on the sidelines. And this is when I think we're, we might, we might have been down. I can't remember. We're on the sidelines. It was later in the game. And I'm trying to get everybody up, trying to be a good team captain. And I'm like, guys, I'm like, we're 8-0. This team's 0-8. What the hell are we doing? Let's get going. Let's get going. Scott walks over and goes, well, this 0-8 team is kicking your effing ass. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's not helping either, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to get us going. And, and they said that. But, I mean, it was, it was true. You know what I mean? And I'll never forget, you know, when X uh, dove in and, and scored that touchdown. And I didn't know the story about, Jamaica telling uh, coach that he wanted to give X the ball, which I thought was awesome. awesome you know, super yeah. selfless, just super cool. I think, and I don't even know if he get flagged for this, but I didn't even care at that point. I think I was the first one that ran out there and tackled Xavier when he got that. I was so excited and so proud that he did that. I remember texting him. This is back when text each text message probably cost a quarter. I texted <laughs> him and just told him how proud I was. You know, it was just, it was really cool. As bad as we played to figure out some way how to still win. You know what I mean? Well, let's, let's talk about, about Xavier here. So tell me about practice. I know there were some great, you know, battles with, with practice and they're legendary with Xavier and, and you guys on the defense. And, and I know that, you know, even carried over into the next year, but tell me about some of the good, good practices and kind of the rivalry between, uh, between Xavier and, and you guys on defense. I really liked Xavier from the get go when he came in for one, when, it, you know, even when he was red shirt and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I like when guys are kind of cocky. You know what I mean? I like when guys kind of have a little chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? Even though it irritates me at times and I probably let them know that it irritated me at times. Um, I just kind of like that. And I think everybody kind of knew the kind of player he was going to be and, and, and how special he was going to be. I think the biggest thing that X taught me um, from just a human perspective is just how everybody's not the same. You know what I mean? And you, you have to coach people. You have to be, uh, teammates differently for certain people. Everybody's not the same. And I think that taught me more so than anything is, you know, uh, people are different and you can't, you know, what gets me going isn't the same thing that gets him going. You know what I mean? What gets so-and-so going, it's just, it taught me a lot about just how to coach kids and how to be a better teammate to certain people. And it's just, it was, it was a lot of fun though, with the practices, just knowing how good he was, you know what I mean? And then making sure that our whole goal that day, even though, 
during practice. I didn't like to do too much. I didn't want to hit anybody in practice. But as soon as I saw him give a little look or, you know, if he juke somebody and then, you know, trying to go take his head off during practice was always fun. <laughs> I, it, unfortunately, it didn't happen that much. I don't know if I ever got my hands on him, but I think I tackled him one time behind the line of scrimmage in a scrimmage. And I think that was my claim to fame, maybe. But I mean, just talk about a, just an unbelievable player and somebody that just grew so much over the years. He was at Northwest. It was cool to see. So well, tell me about practice. Obviously, I'm guessing defensive practice with Coach Bostwick was not a whole lot of fun the week between Truman and, and Baptist after that oh, Truman no. game. Not at all. Not at all. And again, it just stemmed back to people doing their jobs and things like that. And, you know, also sometimes just bad things happen in football. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, he's got a great call and just sometimes it just doesn't work out. So, you know, practice that week. Because who do we play after that? Baptist. Southwest Baptist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played Baptist next. And I can't really remember if, you know, if we got our butts chewed. I don't know if it was more of a let's forget this one and then move on. But, yeah, I know the film session was not fun. You know what I mean? Having that many yards against us, you know. Again, hats off to them because they had a great game plan, right? Get the ball off on a step. And then, you know, we we had to try to react the best we could. And, unfortunately, it wasn't very good. So hats off to them for having a good game plan. Well, the Baptist game, I think it was your best game of the season. At 12 tackles, two and a half for loss. Anything stand out when you think back to that game or just another game and i can't remember if that running back was still there our senior year or not um urban maybe i can't remember his name anyways they had a really good little running back that was there our junior year and i think he was there our senior year too and he was just a great player you know the bad thing about that game is i had to watch another my best friend my guy right next to me you know get took him taken off with uh by the ambulance you know because he i think he hyperextended his elbow or something chad chad got a really bad elbow injury so he was out over half the game so again talk about just trying to stay poised and trying to you know keep all your stuff together when again the guy that tells me what to do every play's not there it's kind of hard so that was another tough loss you know we started getting banged up towards the end of the year um and it, it was definitely it was definitely tough. But again, getting a win and, and, and again, trying to trying to stay in contention for, you know, a conference championship, because um, I think after that game, I think we were two in the country Number or something two. like that. So, yeah, I think we knew that we still had a great shot. And as long as our defense could stay healthy and play at a high level, I think that we were um, we were still very, very excited to keep going after that Baptist game. Well, yeah, I mean, that sets up another arrowhead classic number one versus number two was you guys had the number one defense in the country Pitt had the number one offense in the country and uh you know I mean you guys almost do it have a lead in the fourth quarter and uh you know like I said injuries were kind of mounting up it wasn't wasn't just Lambo at that right. point of the season I mean and you guys played one of the best games of the season did even though you lost and in the you know I'm sure in the you know, thinking about that, that that wasn't good in the moment, but did that, you know, Hey, we can play with, you know, and, and maybe should have beat or definitely could have beat the number one team in the country. I mean, does that give you guys confidence then going in the playoffs? Absolutely. And again, it comes down to like coach Boswick always did. I mean, every game, but with Pitt state, I mean, he just, he came up with unbelievable game plans for us to match with them and if anybody knew Pitt back then, their 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 offense was not the easiest to defend. You know what I mean? Not to mention they had absolute monsters up front that would just cut you like no other. You know what I mean? Last second, they had a fullback who was a monster. You know what I mean? Short in stature, you know, short and stocky. But, I mean, he would just take your legs out and you'd do a, a somersault. You had Jermaine Race, who was 
easily the hardest running back I've ever had to tackle in my life. I mean, just a monster. And then top that off with freaking Tim Tebow, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> running the option. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was such a, a, a physical game. Every time we played Pitt, it was such a physical game. That game, I want to say the first or second quarter, I came in on a blitz and I got, and they probably didn't mean to, but maybe they did, but I got high load. So I got my legs taken out and the guard pushed me over. So I had like a second or third degree MCL sprain. So Kelly had to tape me all up and I was hobbling all over the place there. Um, so we continued to get beat up after that game, but we kept fighting and kept fighting. And I think we had a lot of pride in that from our defensive perspective, because Matthews got knocked out second, second quarter, I think. Mm -hmm. And then one of my really, really good friends of this day, Jeff Nedelik, he goes in there, throws a touchdown. <laughs> and we always joke with him that he had his eyes closed when he threw it, he threw a touchdown. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you know, Neto's going to win the game. Let's go. And then, unfortunately, I always give him crap about this, but I think he threw two interceptions and fumbled twice after that or something like that. So it was definitely more of a defensive performance, and we really tried to have to step up. And, and it was a lot of fun playing that those physical types of games because those are the those are the most fun, obviously. Well, you guys had to feel pressure, too, on defense to kind of pick up oh, yeah. the slack at that point. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, our defensive line just, just played lights out, you know what I mean? And and us back there, we're just trying to – Chad had a robo arm. They had a brace on his arm. It was all taped up. He couldn't even move. It was either – I can't remember what arm it was, but he couldn't even move it, you know what I mean? But he's still playing out there the whole time. I'm hobbling around with my knee, and it's just – I think we really had a, a really tough team that was going to do anything we possibly could to make sure that we were going to try to win. So, I mean, at that point, after that game, you think, okay, we got to play them again because we can beat oh, them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We were hoping that we were going to get their number again. Um, I think the biggest thing that we were so thankful for, and I'll never forget when they did the, um, the announcement for the uh, playoffs, when we got that bye week, because we didn't think we would get it after getting beat. Uh, when we got that bye week where we had an extra week to kind of heal up, oh, my gosh, that helped out so much. Because, again, we were banged up everywhere, um, and it helped tremendously being able to have that week off before we went and played Kingsville. Yeah, and didn't have any problem with them, 34-14, and got a big got a big lead to start that game. But Kingsville's always one of the – you know, talk about like a big physical team that Central always had guys that could play. seems like Kingsville was always like that, too. They always had big – Big guys. They were always impressive getting off the bus. Oh. oh, my gosh. And they could move. You know what I mean? They just had such big, strong, fast athletes. Yeah, it was definitely intimidating watching them on film. But, again, they just had a great game plan. Offense played well. Defense played well. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Well, and a lot of guys, you know, you, you talk about the Rectors. I mean, there's a lot of guys from Texas that yeah. were a part of your guys' team. So I'm sure that felt good for them to kind of put it to a Texas team. Absolutely. I would think so. Yeah. Imagine having to play against a bunch of erectors. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus, <laughs> right. like it was just, especially someone like me who's awful at pass coverage. I got to go out and try to guard some of it. I mean, yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge. But again, Scott did a great job with the game plan and we were able to take care of business. Well, so you get your reward is pit again. Um, yeah. Obviously doesn't go your guys way. It's tied in the fourth quarter and end up, yeah. end up losing. But um, you had to be feeling good going into that game, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, again, we, we had some some unfinished business, and we really wanted to uh, to get that one back, especially being at their place, you know what I mean? Being able to go there and play in that stadium. I mean, what an unbelievable stadium. Um, colder day, I think that day, the wind was blowing everywhere, but it was uh, 
that and again, I think that game looked like it started getting out of hand late in the game. But again, yeah, it was tied up in the fourth quarter, and we had every shot at winning that game. We just couldn't get it done, unfortunately. You know, they just outlasted us, and again, we were banged up again. And yeah, it was just I'm sure Chad couldn't move his arm, and then of course. The, the Kingsville game, nobody touched my knee the whole game. It felt like a million bucks. Kelly did an unbelievable job with her rehab, and she was helping me out so much. It was feeling like a million bucks. I think, like, the second quarter, fullback comes out and just cuts me right on the inside of my knee and just uh, just demolishes it. You know what I mean? And then it was just – it was just they were just a physical team, and you had to be ready for that. You know what I mean? And you had to be ready to play Pitt State at a very, very physical level because you knew it was going to be a fist fight the whole game. Well, and uh, you know your your Northwest career comes to an end there in Pitt, but I think I don't know. I don't. I think sometimes your class, that 04 class, doesn't get enough credit, right? That started the streak, the playoff streak that continues right. to today. What do you think the the legacy is of of your class? Just all those seniors in 04. I really think it was just like like you said. I think it was just the start of just that close. And now again, not saying that they didn't have that, obviously 98, 99, that closeness, that, that tight knit group. But, you know, at the end of the year, when we had our uh, end of the year meeting, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in that end of the year meeting. I mean, I was bawling like a baby, you know what I mean? Just because all the seniors got a time to talk and it was just so emotional just because of how close we were, you know what I mean? And, you know, what we were trying to tell the younger guys as far as, you know, make sure you keep the, the off season conditioning up. This is where, you know, champions are made and, you know, all that cliche type of stuff, which is 100% accurate, you know, I think we really started that. And 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 Rich Wright just did a heck of a job with the off-season uh, programming. And again, take out, you know, the physiological part of strength and conditioning, the programming, take out all of that crap and just talk about being hard-nosed, being tough, work hard, like, and be a close-knit family, do what's right for your teammate. Like, all of that stuff was built – you know, when Rich started taking over that weight room and I think it just started getting better and better each year. It was great. It was, it was, I, I really am prideful in the fact that we kind of started that, you know what I mean? Taking role in the summer, it wasn't the coaches doing it. It was us players. We took accountability for it. And I think that just kept growing and growing every year. It was great to see. Well, I mean, that defense too. I mean, your guys' defense in 04 was incredible. I mean, the, the group of linebackers that you had too was, you know, obviously there've been, you know, you were, Defensive Player of the Year in the MIAA, and uh, and all, all of you were all conference, um, right. all, all three of you guys, and young guys coming up. I think maybe Urs Bomber was maybe that was his red shirt season, but I mean no, still he he's in freshman. in that true room, freshman. and yeah. uh, um, you know that, you know obviously the whole defense was just stacked, but I mean as good of a linebacker group I think not just because I'm talking to you, but right. um, you know in, in of any defense how good how just how good was that 04 defense in your opinion i think you know when you got two dudes that were on nfl rosters you know dave played how many years in the nfl steve i know had some injuries and things like that i mean and again dave would get super mad if i didn't bring him up right because of course it was just dave's hard work up front that made the linebackers job so easy right dave <laughs> uh but i mean honest to god like they made our job so much easier we were able to do what we could what we did best which was run and make plays you know what i mean and having the offensive line have to be worried about those killers up front it just made it a lot easier on us and we were able to run and make plays because i think you know all three of us and then ben harness being our extra linebacker too um, included like just had such good instincts, you know what I mean? And, and could see plays develop and 
when when we get a run free, it was it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Not having to always have a lineman right in your face right off the bat, having to you know get off a block. It was nice having that defensive line up front, and it was uh, it was just a lot of fun to play that year. It was just it was we were very thankful for having the D line that we had to let us run like that. So, you know, your time at Northwest ends, what, what was the plan after graduation? Was it, Hey, you know, were were you thinking I'm going to, you know, take a shot, you know, at, at playing at the next level? Um, what was that? What was the post Northwest part, you know, the next six months after the season ends like for you? You know, I went, I got invited to go play at the cactus bowl, which was that D two all-star game, Mm -hmm. um, down in Kingsville, Texas. And, I'll never forget when I went there, it was almost like um, there were scouts there and things like that. Obviously I wasn't getting talked too much and, you know, it was just, it was kind of an eye opener of how close our team was and how it didn't feel anything similar to that. You know, we were in the locker rooms and it was just like, I don't know this guy, everybody's here for themselves, which is an all-star game, which I understand. It was just kind of a weird feeling. And and again, I would have almost liked to end the, my, my last college football game with, with my guys uh, on Northwest, but, you know, obviously it was a good opportunity. Um, and getting back to the biggest reason why I, I, I like Northwest, you know, with just their honesty, this is a funny story. Coach T shoots you straight, right? So after that game, I get into his office and we kind of have our end of the year meeting. And he asked me, he's like, Adam, so, you know, what's your plans? Um, are you interested in possibly being a GA for the football team, maybe in the strength and conditioning department? What are your plans? And I said, well, you know, Coach T, I really want to try to play as long as I possibly can. It was a long pause. He looked at me and he goes, well, and then didn't say anything really <laughs> after that. And I started to laugh and I'm like, I get it. Yep. I appreciate the honesty. And like at that point right then, I knew I was done playing. And I knew beforehand, like I just – there's another level to that. And I just knew that I wasn't there and I was totally fine with that. Um, and, and plus uh, having the experience ending with Northwest, it was just so great. But again, getting the assurance and, and coach T is going to shoot me straight, obviously, you know what I mean? If he thought I had a chance, he would tell me what to do and things like that. So I, I laugh at that story still because I just appreciated the honesty. And, and right from there, I just knew I was done because you, you know, we would always joke. We would have guys come back, years later, three, four years later. Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, I'm still trying to get on somewhere. I'm like, get on for what? Like the NFL. I'm like, dude, you played four years ago. Like it's over. You know what I mean? So I really appreciated like coach T shooting it straight. Cause for one, I would never be one of those guys anyways. I kind of knew that it was coming, but it just helped hearing it from, uh, from uh, coach T. And then every time I was in the weight room after that, lifting weights or something like that, Scott would come down and always make fun of me. He goes, Oh, just another, small school white linebacker you're not gonna ever go play anywhere blah 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 it was always just it was so funny to hear that from those guys again honesty is is a good virtue and i really appreciated it so so what i mean what was your plans i mean i know you coached a while now you're you know been in health and wellness for a while was that was that always kind of the plan or did it was it just kind of you know you were just kind of playing it by ear or you know what's really weird? I've always loved the strength and conditioning part of it. And again, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I knew that I was only at Northwest for two years at that point, and I didn't want to leave yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, and I didn't really want to go the football route right off the bat, just because I, I just I didn't know if I felt comfortable coaching the guys that I still played with and I know really well. So, Rich actually uh, got me on as the strength and conditioning intern, or not intern, graduate assistant. I'm sorry. So I went to grad school. And I was assistant strength and conditioning coach um, for uh, for all athletics. So it was back then was when 
you know, Rich was obviously assistant football as well. So I really had every single team kind of on my own. And it was such a huge learning experience for me. How, how Rich didn't fire me five times. I don't know how he did. I'm glad he didn't. But the amount that I learned of just coaching kids, like I didn't have a clue what I was doing strength and conditioning wise. Joe Quinlan was working up in the fitness center and I always helped with his camps and stuff. And he was, you know, to this day is one of my biggest mentors and helped me out so much uh, from a strength and conditioning aspect. Um, it just, it really taught me how to, how to coach and taught me how to talk to people. And it really taught me a lot about different personalities. And I think that helped me more than anything. You know, I always joke with, um, Chad and Troy now, because again, I've coached football and, and, and strength and conditioning in the high school level. I, I coached out at Colorado School of Mines when Chad Bostic was coaching out there. I coached with him for a while. I was football and strength and conditioning out there. I was at Hastings College for a year as a defensive coordinator. Um, and then I was at a sports medicine clinic doing um, doing all the strength and conditioning there. And now, you know, I'm running a, a athletics and wellness center here in Clare, Clear Lake, Iowa with, you know, my best friend. Troy Tisdale right next door to me as he's the athletic director for the high school. And I always joke with those guys because I'm kind of envious because Troy Tisdale is 100% an athletic director. If you look at him and you watch him at events, he walks around, he is an athletic director. He's exactly what he's supposed to be. Chad Boswick is a football coach. There's no question about it. You know, he is, he, he loves everything about it. He is a coach period. I don't know what the hell I am, to be honest with you. I really don't. All I know from my time at Northwest is I want to be surrounded by good people. Um, and that's kind of where I've been. So if you ever see me, if I've ever had a job that I didn't have a very long stint at, it probably was because I didn't gel well with the people and I didn't feel super comfortable. Um, when I've been at a place that was a little bit longer, you know, sports medicine clinic and then, you know, here at Clear Lake. When I'm around good people, I just it just meshes well. So it doesn't really matter what I'm doing as long as it's something active, as long as it's something, you know, where I'm, you know, teaching kids how to train, you know, teaching kids more so of how to develop as young men. That's that's my main goal. That's what I want to try to do more so than anything and just be surrounded by good people and try to hopefully be a good influence on on, on some people as well. Well, as I was doing, you know, research for this and preparing to uh, to to talk to you, record this episode, I you know, I was looking look man, the, the athletics and wellness center that you guys have in oh, a town yeah. that's no bigger than, than Clear Lake Unbelievable. is impressive. I mean, that thing is, is nice. You know, you always get jobs with, by people, you know, right. I remember as a, a GA, I was looking for a strength and conditioning job. I'd send application or my resume to Oregon. And I mean, unless you have an in, unless you have somebody that's going to help you at least get your foot in the door, then it's on you after that. That's how it works. And when Troy showed me where he was at, we came up to visit and it's such an awesome town. Um, when he showed me, you know, this is three, four years ago now, he showed me what got passed because it's a cool partnership with the school and the city. So I'm actually a city employee um, and the school partnered with the city to basically operate this multi-million dollar um, athletics and wellness center. So Troy showing me this facility, I didn't believe it. You know, he showed me the blueprints. I'm like, okay, Clear Lake has, I think, you know, 7,000 people in the summer, maybe, you know what I mean? And it drops down in the winter. Um, but seeing what they did and what they built uh, just shows like what type of backing they have and what type of community support they have um, for this town. And again, just good people all around. And it's really, really fun to be a part of that. You know, we opened, we've been open for a year. Um, I've actually been in Clear Lake. Actually, today is my two year <laughs> anniversary where I've been up in Clear Lake and 
it's just been a, a whirlwind. I've, I've learned a lot. You know what I mean? Again, I've never operated a facility like this. I've been more on the coaching side of it. But again, it's just surround yourself with good people, work hard. And, and again, don't be afraid to say you don't know and, and learn things. And I think it's just been such a such a cool process. And again, being able to say, hey, Troy, let's go get breakfast. You know what I mean? And, you know, Troy, come over here. Let's have a cup of coffee. You know, he's literally connected to our building. And that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, and it struck me too, as I was kind of looking at Clear Lake, I'm like, man, it, it kind of reminds me of Maryville. Yeah. You know, got the yeah. lake, Bazingo Absolutely. and Maryville, you know, all of these Absolutely. things. Like it thought, I thought that was kind of cool that you guys are, you know, are both up there. So it's pretty unreal. Yeah. It's pretty unreal. Now don't tell coach Wright, but we're trying to get Chad to get over here at some point. You know what I mean? <laughs> if there's ever a football job opening and we're trying to twist his arm and then the puzzle will be complete, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's talk, tell me about your family here before we, uh, before we wind down and married with kids. What, what, what yeah. do you got going on? Absolutely. Another, you know, greatest thing about going to Northwest Missouri State is I met my wife there. Um, I met my wife there and then my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, you know, Ben Harness is my brother-in-law. Um, so that makes family vacations awesome. You know what I mean? It, it helps out a lot. So Carly and her sister were both uh, soccer players for the for the university. And um, we were married back in 2010 and, you know, just an unbelievable woman. I've Like I said, I've got I'm all over the place, right? We moved to Golden, Colorado. We moved to Hastings, Nebraska. We moved back to Kansas City where her family is. And I move her to Clear Lake. And she's always willing and ready to go with me and always nothing but support. So I, I can't be more happy with that. Um, we have three kids. Uh, my, my oldest is going to be 11 on the 4th of July, which up here in Clear Lake, they have a huge 4th of July carnival, fireworks display. It's unbelievable. So that was pretty cool to, to, to move him up here on the 4th of July. When we moved here two years ago, he had a big party for him. And, you know, he's starting to get into all the sports. My daughter, Evie, um, my wild child, she's uh, she's going to be eight at the end of July. And then Waylon, uh, he's my youngest. He just turned five. So they keep us very, very busy. You know, they're doing all types of different activities. And again, you know, youth sports now are just nuts. You know what I mean? So there's stuff going all over the place. So we're trying to figure out a good balance to where, we're not somewhere every weekend, so we get good family time too. But it's just it's just a blast. And then, like I said, being able to have you know, Caitlin, who uh, it's Harley's twin sister, identical twin sister, and then obviously she married Ben Harness. Being able to have them as actual family is 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 very very cool. You know, being able to hang out with Ben and and go see them and have our kids grow up with their kids. I mean, it's it's definitely a very very cool scenario, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. Well, the last thing I have for you, Adam, is the pick six, just kind of six fun questions here at the end. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question is always the same. Are you a superstitious guy? Did you have any specific pregame rituals or have to wear the same socks, anything like that? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask me this, so I didn't spill the beans earlier. So, and people are going to be super mad about this, but I did wear socks and the same shirt every time. But other than that, I always had a superstition of if I had a bad thought that came in, I would knock on wood, right? So mm-hmm. we're in the weight room, and this is the summer before 04. I said, you know, as long as Lambeau doesn't get hurt, we're going to have a hell of a season. It's going to be great. I knocked on wood. When that happened at Missouri Western, I've never knocked on wood ever since. <laughs> ever <laughs> since. I totally jinxed it, totally jinxed our season. And, again, I probably let the cat out of the bag. But that was 
I was very superstitious about always knocking on wood. If I, if I had a bad thought come into my head and now I don't even think about doing that anymore because of Lambo. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Second question. Uh, did you have a favorite football player growing up? Um, probably Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders was probably my favorite. I just really liked how he wasn't a showboat at all. You know what I mean? He just did his job. I loved how he always just handed the ball back to the referee mm-hmm. after he made an unbelievable run. Um, I just really like seeing him play. And then, you know, obviously all the old hard-nosed guys, like watching old, you know, Sports Illustrated uh, VHS tapes of Dick Buckus and Lawrence Taylor and all those guys, just watching those guys rip people's heads off. I always like seeing that too. Yeah, it's cool that we have YouTube now that we can go back no and watch doubt. stuff like that. Oh, That's man. It's awesome. You don't have to get the, the VHS tape out anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, third question of the pick six. What's your cell phone wallpaper? Oh boy. My daughter put something on there and it's like just a whole bunch of weird, different colors, blue and pink and just all different weird colors. She changes it every other time. If, if I'm gone for half a second, she'll grab it and switch my uh, wallpaper. Sometimes it's a weird picture of her or, or something, but it always has to do with her for sure. Okay. All right. Fourth question. And this is going to kind of put you on the spot. Do you have a, a, do you have a best or favorite in the huddle story? Um. Oh man. I don't think I really, nothing really comes to my, comes to mind. Um, I always enjoyed listening to Ben Harness talk trash to people. That was always fun. You know what I mean? Cause I was usually backing them up too, but that was usually when we're in the huddle and we're screaming at people. But a, a lot of the times if I was talking trash, I got in trouble because then I didn't get the call. You know what I mean? And then I'm asking Chad what the heck we're doing. So Scott didn't like that. So <laughs> I tried to pay attention as much as I could in the huddle just to make sure I didn't screw the call up. All right. Fifth question of the pick six. Who was the best dancer in that locker room? Oh, gosh. (sighs) Pains me to say it, but probably Morris White. Probably Morris White. Yeah, he was he was probably the best dancer. And then, you know, when at all of our weddings, they would always play uh, Michael Jackson song, Billie Jean or something like that. And he would do a whole dance just by himself. Everybody would circle around. So I think it would have to be Morris White, even though. Yeah, it made me throw up, but yeah, it was definitely Morris White. I just always remember him on kickoffs doing the little sway thing that he always kind of get down. Oh, yeah, and do absolutely. The little, yeah, absolutely. Always absolutely. Yeah, um, no doubt. All right, last question is, uh, do you have a favorite Scott Bostwick story that you can share on the air? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got tons of them. Um, this one will probably be a little bit different because it's a little bit more sentimental. Um, so in 04, they did the, uh, the DVDs where uh, where they would uh, do like senior send-offs and we could say something and then they could say something about us. The coaches could say something. And uh, I'm going to get emotional. The thing, the thing with Scott, we, we butted heads so much all the time. The thing that he probably didn't know, I would, I would go upstairs in their office and walk back and forth the hallway until I could get his attention and he would call me in just so I could sit sit down and watch film with him and just talk. And uh, the thing that he uh, probably didn't know about me was 
Exactly. I need the whole football team to call me the P word right now. And that would help me get out of there. <laughs> uh, the thing that he didn't know is I just really wanted him to like me. And, uh, and in, in our, in our senior send off, he, uh, he was giving me the send off and he said, you know, Adam long, hard headed at times, you know, we butted heads a lot, but when he said that, uh, I was the heartbeat of that defense in 04, that just meant the world to me. And I wish I could have told him like just how much I wanted because I, I know he respected me, but I just wanted to know, wanted him to know how much I wanted him to like me. And, and again, I think he knew, I hope he did, but like his whole family is just so close to me and I love him to death. I said I was going to do that and I did it. Ugh, you waited till the last question too. Ugh. I know. Well, regardless Sorry. of what you may think or Joe Q thinks, like I didn't, that wasn't the goal. <laughs> That's what Joe told me at the end I when, know. I, when he got I emotional. Joe, I was like, I didn't do it on, on his, purpose. Like on his pod, Joe's podcast, he had me crying down the highway when I was driving. And then here I am now doing the same thing. Well, but, well it's 50, yeah, 50. It's either going to be something sentimental yeah. or it's going to be something hilarious. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I got the hilarious ones too, but that was <laughs> one that I definitely wanted to share. That's good. That's pretty special. Yeah. Well, and I think we were talking a little bit before. I think that's what's so important and what Rich does a fabulous job of. Of course, Scott, one of his mentors, best friends, all of that is is keeping the memory of of Scott Bostwick right there. And I think that's unbelievable. Anyway, so it's nice to be able to do that. Well, awesome. On that note, Adam, I'm going to let you go. Thanks, man, for uh, coming on the podcast. I've, uh, I've certainly enjoyed it and appreciate your time. Thanks for all you're doing, Matt. It's awesome. I love the podcast, buddy. Hey, this is Mike Peterson, former Northwest Missouri State University Bearcat, tight end number 89, and you're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. Again, a massive thank you to Adam Long for coming on and joining me. And uh, who knows, maybe I will have uh, another member of that linebacking core on the podcast soon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, I did mention, by the way, MIAA Media Day, of course, coming up next Tuesday as of recording time. If we're looking at next week, Tuesday the 25th, I will be having an episode later that day, but I will also be having an extra episode next week. I'm just going to go ahead and call it here. We're going to go ahead and go weekly, and uh, you can just expect an episode on Thursdays. I have several... (laughs) episodes that I kind of have in the can that uh, um, I like to do that so I don't have to spend as much time on the podcast in the summer if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, You know, just family time, other things. Well, not we didn't really go on vacation or anything. I've been just kind of haven't stopped. And so I have a couple of others that haven't got recorded yet that I want to share with you. And uh, I've got a really big one next Thursday. It's one I've been chasing for over a year and I'm so excited to, to have it. And that's all the information you're going to get. You're just going to have to wait until next Thursday and, uh, and you'll get the notification from how, wherever you're subscribed. If you are, if you aren't do that, but Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, whatever, wherever, um, don't forget to follow on social media on Twitter, underscore bleeding, underscore green on the Facebook group, bleeding green podcast and send invites. Tell, tell, you know, spread the word. That's, how this thing grows. And uh, I've been very pleased. Now, I mentioned Adam Long's a fan of the podcast, which 
again, any time any former players listen, I just get a big kick out of that. And uh, I've been hearing for more and more. There's not very often that uh, I'm bringing it up that people haven't necessarily at least heard of Bleeding Green. So, so thank you. That's because of you. That's not because I'm some social media wizard or anything else. I don't. My my uh, you know network is is pretty small. So that has to do with you. So whether you've been with this thing for over two years now or or you're uh, brand new to it, thank you. Thanks for sharing in this with me. Also, with the season coming back, that means the return of the Bearcats according to Eli. Eli this summer, I, I'd be lying if I said he's been busy. He's been pretty much playing video games <laughs> all summer. His brother, my oldest, Max, who I don't believe I've had on the podcast, he is doing football camp and, and all of that stuff getting ready. So we're doing the Friday Night Lights thing this fall, which I am extremely excited about. I love fall. Not just Bearcat football, not just you know football in general, but uh, I do love the fall, and I'm very excited for it. And, uh, you know, media day fall camps starting here in a few weeks. And so all of that stuff, we're, we're right in my wheelhouse. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Hopefully you are too. And again, I'll, I'll never stop saying it, but thank you for listening, for being a part of this thing. And with that being said, that's going to do it for another episode of bleeding green beers, burgers, and Bearcat football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Don't forget, be kind because kindness makes a difference And as always, go Bearcats!